News Talk ZB and the New Zealand Herald present Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, demystifying your finances. Welcome to Cooking the Books. I'm Francis Cook. COVID-19 shocked many of us into paying more attention to our money, with recent research from Sorted showing that more of us are talking about it and wanting to handle it better. Now, these are weird times, but for those of us who still have a job, there's actually financial opportunities at the moment. Interest rates are very low, which means you could make serious progress on your mortgage and knock years off it. Then again, the share market is down, which means if you invest carefully, there's the possibility of making far more money from it in the future. Clearly, you guys have been paying attention because heaps of Cooking the Books listeners have sent me pretty much identical questions. If you have some extra money right now, should you be putting it on the mortgage or investing? It's a great question, and to be honest, there's no one-size-fits-all answer. But there are some easy ways you can figure out what's right for you. So let's get into them. News Talk ZB presents Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, boosting your business confidence. I'm joined now by Simon Stratter from Wealth & Co., Now, for those who are currently in the fortunate enough position to have some spare cash, I've been getting lots of questions from listeners saying, should they be putting that to work by putting it into the mortgage or be considering investing or putting in some extra investments? What do you think? Is there a right answer to that question? Yeah, look, in the traditional sense, um, when providing financial advice, you know, we've always sort of said, you know, paying down personal debt, it should be your focus. Mm. Um, but, you know, we're in a in a low interest rate environment and arguably will be um, for some time to come. So I think all options need to be considered. Um, and it does depend on perhaps how that um, debt is structured and what it is used for. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think all options should be open. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into um, the mortgage specifically then. If someone's considering paying off extra on the mortgage, what are the pros and cons of that? Yeah, look, it does depend on their um, circumstances, Francis. If um, you have surplus cash um, and you're stable in your in your job, um, mm. then, uh, you know, that could be useful. Um, it does have added benefit of, uh, of further you know, further options later down the track and that you've increased the equity in your property mm. um, and therefore you you may have less repayments further down the, sh- down the track as well. So, you know, th- th- there are pros and cons. Um, typically, I-, I would sort of say that um, reducing your mor- mortgage can-, can save on your interest costs later down the track. Mm. Um, you know, being mortgage-free helps in household cash flow uh, if that's required. And, and, you know, people's circumstances are changing. I mean... You know, we look at this year, and it really has had an effect on on people. And perhaps there's more to come um, in terms of we we could be uh, in for a world of hurt. Like we've seen interest rates. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Um, uh, we've seen um, unemployment figures come out this morning that would suggest we're doing okay. Mm. Um, but we only need to ask those in the tourism industry that you know have been affected by the first six months of this year, and and I'm sure they would argue that. Uh, there's more, probably more to come. Mm, well, yes, I would certainly say I hope that anyone who is asking this sort of question and they're saying they've got some spare cash, 
And I think you're dead right. The people who are working in the tourism industry can attest to this. One minute you can be booming, the next minute you can be really wondering what on earth just hit you. So I hope that anyone who has spare cash and is thinking along these lines has already done things like made sure they've got the emergency fund going, they've got their savings, they've paid off any consumer debt, like a credit card that you should get rid of. Those basics are really important before you start thinking about things like mortgage versus investment. You've got to make sure you're stable, right? For sure. The old adage, cash is king, Mm. um, particularly in a crisis, Mm -hmm. um, you know, runs runs true. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, can offer that freedom, that flexibility that if one's circumstances do change, um, that they have options. Mm. Um, but certainly we'd always recommend our clients have sort of three to six months living expenditure mm-hmm. uh, available in liquid cash. And that's an important piece of, of financial planning. Mm. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned about the mortgage rate, which is we're in a weird time in so many ways at the moment, but particularly with interest rates, they are so low that it's tipped some of the previous rules on their heads. Now, the mortgage rates, we were saying they were low even when they were at 5%. So it's hilarious now that they're at about the 25 um, looking back at that. But one way that people have talked about debt to me in the past is when you're paying off debt, you can consider whatever the interest rate is to be like your return from investments. So share market over a period of several years, maybe it'll give you back 7% per year on average. And you might look at that and think, well, my mortgage is 5%, so surely I'm better to invest. Well, don't forget to take into account taxes and any fees, and your investments might end up around 5% anyway uh, in a good year. So, And yet, now that we're at around 25 for mortgages, does that tip things on its head now that debt is so cheap? Yeah. Um, look, I, I would sort of say that it really does come back to an individual's or a household circumstances. So if they can tolerate, um, you know, offsetting some of their mortgage um, uh, to utilise some of that surplus income or uh, some excess funds in order to, to make investments, well, you know, if they can tolerate, there's, there's a number of things you need to think about. And if they can tolerate, um, you know, both offsetting that mortgage, so I delaying some payments, I mean, it's only can sometimes only off, offset the inevitable. And that's, you know, I guess we're going to talk about sort of mortgage holidays as well. But mm. but um, my feeling is that um, I think perhaps there's room for both, but mm-hmm. um, it's got to be the right circumstance for the individual or the household involved. And, you know, if someone's secure in their job, like I say, um, and they have uh, the surplus income to invest, mm. well, then that's a real good option in terms of diversifying uh, your investments or you're increasing your net wealth over a long period of time rather than just in your, say, your individual property as such. Yeah, and let's get into both in just a tick. First of all, um, the idea of investing in shares while you're still paying off a mortgage and and hopefully anyone who does have a mortgage and has extra cash will keep paying that down. But if you're to keep it at just your standard payments and then invest the extra in shares, what are pros and cons of that there? Well, there's a number of things I think you need to understand mm. um, before you decide to do that. Mm. Um, you know, one would be the time frame, for example. If you've got uh, some use for those funds, mm. um, perhaps in the short term, so um, um, I don't know, you need to buy a new car. Well, then we wouldn't say 
you know, invest those funds. But if your your time frame is much longer, 20, 30 plus years, well, then there's no harm in, in um, you know, tipping some of that uh, towards your investments. Again, it would always depend on the individual situation. I and mean, we would always say, well, we would always like our clients to be uh, certainly debt-free, uh, you know, years before um, moving towards retirement. Mm. Mm. What strikes me particularly is so much of the benefits from shares, like you mentioned time frame there, and it is so key when you go into shares to be thinking in several years, right? Because there will be ups and downs mm. over the long term is where you come out ahead usually. And so in order for that and, and the compounding returns, in order for that to all work, you do need quite a long period of time up your sleeve. So I can certainly see where people feel the attraction to it, even when they still have a mortgage. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. But it's also understanding your perhaps um, your tolerance for risk. Mm. Um, and I guess there's, well, your risk profile, and there's two aspects to that. There's, you know, I, I guess your um, tolerance to accepting risk mm. uh, along the way. And when I say risk, risk in the ordinary meaning, you know, people automatically think the loss of something, either money or perhaps a house. Um, but in investment theory, uh, you know, risk refers to the rate of return that, that may be different to what you expect, either plus or minus. Mm. Um, so, so there's 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 aspects to understanding investments as well, and a lot of that is to do with your risk profile, mm-hmm. which you do need will need professional help to understand. Mm. Yeah, exactly. If you're someone who lost a lot of sleep in that March-April period, right? I feel like that's a really good way of testing it is did you lose sleep when things did hit the fan? You know, we've had a real-world test of what our risk tolerances are. And if you didn't, then maybe you are all right with shares. Well, I think we also need to look at, um, you know, a good example of that is, um, you know, people changing their risk profiles in their KiwiSaver. Mm. Um, You know, it was precisely to move from perhaps a growth to a... A conservative portfolio was uh, or risk profile within the KiwiSaver was precisely the wrong thing to do, mm. um, and that's only you know that's only locked in losses, which perhaps they if they'd stayed put, um, you know would have would have come back, and mm. so that's you know that that's a lot of emotional bias or behaviour mm. uh, has a lot to do with finance as well and, and understanding investments, and often uh, you know a good advisor will will uh, help you you know. Uh, keep you on track to achieve your financial goals rather than letting those emotional biases get in the way. Mm, Absolutely. I really do think that sometimes having a good person on your team to keep you calm, and particularly where you mentioned there about KiwiSaver, that particularly broke my heart Mm. because obviously you already pay money to a KiwiSaver provider for them to look after your money, and um, that should be one of the things that they can do for you is to be able to you send them a query when the market goes down and they should be able to get in touch with you about what's going on and what your situation is. They should be able to give you a hand with some of these things. And then, of course, with other things, a financial advisor can be great. Um, You mentioned about your risk profile. I think it's a really good point. If someone was using, if someone did lose sleep, would the paying off the mortgage option be good for those who maybe did have a lower risk profile, didn't enjoy the ups and downs of the market that are always going to come, 
Would that be something that might nudge them towards pay off more on the mortgage rather than invest? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then there, there are negatives in paying off your mortgage in that you then have surplus income, right? Mm. And so it's then staying disciplined as to, well, you know, we mentioned low interest rates. You know, you're not going to continue to, to have um, continued wealth growth by just investing in low interest rates. And certainly for those that rely on income um, to, to, to generate a livelihood mm. um, or to live on when they don't have an income, uh, you know, that's a really important piece. So y- you've got to be disciplined enough um, not to spend that. Um, and you need a growth element in order to hedge inflation. Um, and and whilst inflation's at pretty low levels at the moment, um, you know, we may see that pick up in due course. Mm, mm. And you mentioned before about the idea of both. I mean, this is, I think it's a Goldilocks issue and it will be totally different for everyone. But when I was writing my book, I literally did about half a chapter on this and I personally landed on for my position I do both. Mm. And to me, that is the Goldilocks point where, because especially you can put so little into shares these days, you can put an extra $5 on your mortgage and an extra $5 in shares if that's all the surplus cash that you have. It's it's so easy these days. Um, But I'd love to know what you think of that as an option. Is it a good idea? Yeah, well, look, me personally, I've got three kids. Mm. So, so uh, you know, I I prefer to pay down personal debt, Mm. but, but I invest for their future. Um, mm. And, um, you know, we invest, uh, you know, quite aggressively mm-hmm. uh, from a risk profile perspective for their they future. they have so long. They do. They've got a long lead time here. Yeah. So, so which is very different to, say, perhaps my parents' generation, um, uh, you know, who, who um, don't need to, uh, to invest aggressively mm. um, because they don't have limited time. Mm. So, so. Yeah, personally, yeah, that's the way we sort of, you know, we sort of run things in, in our household. So, um, you know, we think there's room for everything. Mm. Yeah, um, and um, you know, let's not forget that if you are paying your 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 mortgage, principal, and interest, mm. you're increasing your equity or your net assets anyway. Mm. But by investing, you're just diversifying your asset base. This is what gets me as well, right? Like, uh, to me, a house, and, and bearing in mind that it's it's slightly different when it's a house you're living in rather than an investment property, but my home feels like security. And I love the idea of years earlier being that being true security. You know, the bank can never take it off you. Um, because to be honest, even if you've got 10 bucks left on the mortgage, that's still not entirely certain, you know? Um, a little extreme, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Meanwhile, you... When you're investing, you you need those years and decades of compounding, and even if it's a little bit over a few decades, it's so powerful. So I don't mind that it's not as much as it would have been. Now, obviously, that's going to be different for everyone, but I do think it comes down to that um, that stability and security versus your your future goals and and the growth. I mean, it's it's so hard to say that for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Where you would go, but it is clear that the earlier you start, mm. you know that that effect of compounding mm. um, is is huge, and much like it is from compound interest on your mortgage, mm-hmm. it's the reverse for investments, and so it can only increase, you know, over time. Yes, the value of those assets may change, and we see that on a daily basis because that's the way markets are priced. Mm. Um, but 
you know, if someone offered you a, a lesser amount than what you thought it was, your property was worth, mm. you know, what would you do? Sit tight. <laughs> and so that should be no different to investments, yeah. you know, and unless well, the issue becomes if you're a forced seller. Mm. So if you, if, you, if you need it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, that importance of the emergency fund, the savings, really key. Now, obviously, if someone can afford a financial advisor, that is excellent. Um, the the trick is always finding a good one and someone you can trust. Um, and there's also the issue that for some people, they just really can't or won't afford a financial advisor. So where can you go to find either someone to help you who is decent or if you are wanting just to do a little bit more research on this and, and have a tootle around online? Are there good places? Yeah, so so if it's budgeting advice, I guess mm. the Citizens Advice sort of Bureau website offers good budgeting advice. Mm. Sorted uh, is, a, is a great offering. Um, in terms of finding a financial advisor, look, typically most most advisors should you know, offer an initial consultation, perhaps free of charge. Most do. Um, and and if certainly, I find that if I can help a client from there, then um, then then we will, um, and we disclose exactly what the costs are upfront before moving forward. And that's what I refer to as continuous disclosure. Mm. Um, but but you know, there's lots of places you can go and find advice and find advisors. You can go to the Financial Advice New Zealand website, mm. um, which lists all advisors that are members of Financial Advice New Zealand. That includes, you know, mortgage advisors and insurance advisors as well as financial advisors, so or authorised financial advisors. Mm. Um, and there's also the FMA website as well, which has a lot of information. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. That's Simon Strata from Wealth & Co. Now, we can never fit everything I want to fit into an episode. So if you do have continuing questions about this, then send them to me. I will try to get them answered for you in a future podcast. We can go as deep into the weeds as you like. It does help if I know that more than one person wants to know something. So just send it through. You can find me Facebook Francis Cook Journalist, Twitter Francis Cook, Instagram Francis Cook NZ. Just pick your favourites, send me those questions. You can also subscribe to Cooking the Books pretty much everywhere including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if this episode was helpful to you, then maybe help out a friend and send it on to them as well. More knowledge never hurts. Until next time, have a great day. And that's Francis cooking up your business confidence for another week on News Talk ZB. From the host of Cooking the Books podcast, Tales from a Financial Hot Mess by Francis Cook, the realist guide to money and how to have more of it. In the book, Francis goes through how she changed her financial mindset from wasteful spending and living payday to payday to managing savings and the journey into investing. Combining the knowledge from her experience and over 150 podcast episodes, Francis Cook's new book makes money work for you and shows you how saving is fun. Tales from a Financial Hot Mess, The Realist Guide to Money and How to Have More of It by Francis Cook. Find it in all good book retailers.